Hello and welcome to Impala's podcast series, 20 Minutes With. I'm Juliana Carantin and today I'm with Jérôme Roger from the French Collective Society, SPPF, which represents over 2,000 independent record labels in France. Take a seat and get comfortable because Jérôme has a rather intriguing story to tell about what's happening with European performance income and U.S. repertoire. Hello, Jérôme. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Juliana, and thanks a lot. It's great to be there and share with you some uh, information and answer to your questions. Excellent. I'm looking forward to this too. Right, now let's kick off with some details about your career. You began in broadcasting, then moved to the music sector where you gained a legal background. For the past 20 years, you have been running both the Collective Society, SPPF, and the French Association of Independent Record Producers, which is called UPFI. Now, if I understand correctly, you are now 100% at the Collective Society, SPPF. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. I've seen a lot. It's certainly a busy time. And one thing that has always shown through is how collecting societies play a key role in the music ecosystem. We license, uh, as, uh, on behalf of SPPF, music plays on all types of radio, television, cafe, shops, bars, etc. What industry call performance, neighboring rights, royalties, revenues. This is now a vital revenue for labels and performance in Europe, not only in France, of course. Interesting. So this performance right, that creates a lot of income for royalties in Europe. I hear over more than 1 billion euros a year. Is that right? Yes, this kind of revenue has become really significant in the melting pot of revenue of record companies. In France, our law also provides for this money to be used for vital reinvestment in local repertoire. It helps the local production to be, to develop. Function and thrive. Yes. Okay, interesting. Now, this bit really is fascinating. What's the story about U.S. repertoire? I heard there's even a court case involved. Yes, it started with a litigation in Ireland at the beginning. As often happens with national courts, they asked the European court for help with interpreting European Union rules. It is, uh, by some aspect, a very complicated case, but the consequences are very huge in terms of money or revenues. This particular case is all about whether collecting societies in Europe have to pay European performances, royalties to artists and labels in those outside Europe that don't have the same laws. The USA is now the main or only significant country where terrestrial radio and cafes and bars still don't pay for the rights when they play recorded music to labels and performers. Even China does at the moment. That means when music is played on US radios, 
they pay nothing for the privilege to, for, to the artists and labels. Same when music is played in cafes and bars in America. That's unheard of in Europe because we have protected our labels and performance for decades. As our performance rights are in line with international copyright law, this also raises the question of what to do when another country doesn't play by the same rules. Basically, European countries don't have to pay performance royalties to another country if they don't have the same right as you do. This is what France and other European countries do. If American, American music, American tracks are played on radio in France, for instance, the performance royalties cannot be sent to the US right owners and performers because there is no reciprocity. This is known as a system of reciprocity, as I said, and international copyright. And it has been recognized and reconfirmed in Europe many times. Some countries doesn't follow this system, but many do. Well, the concept of reciprocity certainly sounds reasonable by any standard. So what happened? Well, the court, European court, took a decision which is a complete anomaly from our point of view. European rules were introduced long after the international copyright treaties. So there was no need to refer to this principle of reciprocity I mentioned. But the court said that the European legislation needs to be specific. The judge said we can't rely on a general principle like this unless it is crafted into the relevant legislation. But it is crazy as we concluded that in absence of a specific limitation, the European principle of national treatment applies. That would mean paying for repertoire from all countries outside of Europe, even those that have never had the same right protection in place. Now that's very odd and could be very costly. So without reciprocity, how would countries like the USA be incentivized to improve their law? I imagine that also without reciprocity, countries like China wouldn't have improved their domestic rights. Yes, that's right. That's why international treaties provide for reciprocity. Everybody could understand that reciprocity must be the rule, the principle. Without that, the level of a performance right across the world would be a lot less. Everybody can understand that. In which case, what happens next? I am guessing the EU now needs to move very quickly to add provisions to EU legislation that cements reciprocity EU laws so that music producers and performers in France and across Europe do not lose out. Have I understood correctly? Yes, the good news is that the European courts specifically flagged that the UA, European Union, can of course change European legislation to fix this situation. France and the Netherlands and other countries like Austria and northern countries of Europe have already asked the European Commission to do so 
to restore it for the directive's original intention. We expect other countries to follow. I must precise that the impact in terms of revenue that would be distributed to the American performance and record labels represent 125 million of euros. So the impact is very huge at the European level. So it's a question of uh, do we succeed in uh, fixing these revenues due to reciprocal treatment principle to the European rights holders in favor of the European rights holders, or do we lose this revenue and then they will be distributed to the American when they don't recognize the traditional laboring rights in USA? So effectively, if I understand correctly, if this is not fixed, then the European rights societies will have to send millions to the US but not receive anything back yes, for the absolutely. European music played in the United States. Absolutely, Juliana. We are talking about effectively 125 million of euros a year that would have to be transferred out of Europe. Not only that, but there is also a question about potential liability for the past. So we have a problem for the future and we have potentially and depending on the legal argument we could raise or not, potential consequences in some countries for the past. The US Collecting Society for Digital Radio Sound Exchange has already started litigation against my own and uh, generally the French neighboring rights collecting societies in France and three others, as I said, for both the present and the past situation. But of course, no society should make any payment to the USA unless or until their governments change their national rules. Is this court case also a warning to lawmakers to be clearer? Well, yes and no. The European Council had already confirmed this practice, and that's because this basic principle was so clear. It's also about who decides. The European Council confirmed that its member states will make these decisions. The court heard from the Commission, however, saying it should be the European Union who decides. So it's also about the natural tension who gets to decide what in Europe. That's pretty much bread and butter stuff in Europe. It's a mistake. It just needs to be fixed and as quickly as possible. The bottom line is that public performance and broadcast income is vital and it's already under serious pressure due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, it's, it's not the time to further impoverish national performers and their independent label partners who would be disproportionately hit. We are in an emergency and we need this resolved quickly. What about the USA doing something to introduce a domestic terrestrial broadcast and public performance rights for labels and performers in the US? Well, that seems like the right thing to do. But we know there are many powerful lobbies in place in USA. Let's wait and see. It certainly is 
an incredible story that even China, for instance, has better laws than the USA. It puts the USA in the same baskets as countries like Iran. Until there is a right, Europe should certainly not apply national treatment to third countries and as that would take away any uh, trade pressure. That would be the worst outcome for U.S. performers and labels, not just European ones. This is serious stuff and full of intrigue. I am really looking forward to see how this progresses. Thank you very much, Jerome. And now for our rapid fire questions. Here we go. What are the three things that stand out for you in the past 12 months? All my energy was concentrated in order to, uh, to fix as possible the economic consequences for the record producers and generally for the music industry in France due to the economic consequences of COVID for all our members. We worked hard with the French government to raise money in terms of subsidy given to the record labels to compensate the, the loss of revenues for them due to the COVID situation. So but there were a lot of cancelled recordings and studios, yeah. a lot of concerts cancelled yes. as well. Yes, cancellation of uh, projects, uh, investment lost because uh, the potential success of an album, of video clips, etc., of a concert was affected by the COVID situation. Excellent. What are your priorities for the future? Priority, coming back to the, what we call the RAP decision we discussed just before, is to repair the situation and create a consensus at the European level to repair the situation and fix the principle of a reciprocal treatment in the 2006 directive that is concerned. So this is our goal at the European level and try to uh, prepare the future. I hope that at the end of the year, the COVID will be uh, something behind us and try to, to prepare the future to have a music business industry in France that is uh, ready to, uh, to recover, to regard the future with uh, good perspectives. What's your one piece of advice to someone considering a career in music? Answering to your question, I could advise to a young artist, for instance, to make concerts in little places and try to approach an independent record labels in order to have a, a first contract, for instance. I'm pretty confident that there is a future for the music. At the moment, everybody is, of course, concerned and threatened by the current situation. We support the live sector that is very, very fully impacted by the closing of a, of a concert. We are with them. I'm pretty confident that uh, there are the phonographic sector, the perspective are very, very positive due to the, the growth of the streaming. Streaming is the core business of the music industry now and for the future. So I'm very confident that the growth of the streaming revenue, revenue generated by the streaming, will be more and more important. That's very positive to hear. 
And finally, what's on your playlist at the moment? Uh, many artists, French artists, of course, but English and American artists too. For instance, uh, regarding the French artist uh, Francis Cabrel, Christine and the Queens, many others. Jerome, thank you so much for making the time here for Impala's 20 Minutes With. And good luck with the reciprocity litigations and hopefully they are resolved very soon. And good luck with the future of the French music industry. Thank you very much, Juliana. It has been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thank you very much.